You are listening to the fastest growing sports investing podcast in the world. If you're looking for no-nonsense, actionable sports investing information and insight, all geared to increase your bankroll, you've come to the right place. And now, the wait is over. Direct from the real MrACL.com, this is the ACL Pod featuring Kevin Wags. I give you A. C-L. Yes, sir. We are back. Back, baby. Football is in the air. Gotta love College that. football conference preview starting today. NFL previews all month. Welcome in, everybody. I am ACL along with my main man, the one, the only, Mr. Cap'n Wags. What's up, man? You ready for some football previews to get going? Ready to go. Yeah, it's been a, a great summer. Uh, really, you know, able to kind of enjoy the summer, go away, obviously, you know, out in Utah, in New York, back to Utah. Now I'm back in Florida. Things are great. Um, you know, now we have football season. Couldn't be better. Very uh, refreshing summer. Clear ahead. Get really focused. Doing a lot of research, uh, not only on college football, NFL, but also college basketball and hockey so um really pumped for the season but we are focused today college football absolutely guys the website the real mr acl.com or acl-sports.com we own both they take you to the exact same place use whichever one you like twitter instagram both of us at the real mr acl at cap and wags we're going to jump right in. Uh, just to give you guys a quick little schedule, though, before. So we're doing five conference previews starting today for college football with the ACC starting today. Um, over that same period of time, over the next month, we're going to be doing very short preview pods, as we've done every year for an, each NFL team. You know, around that 10-minute range, just give you the main highlights for each NFL team from a betting perspective. Look, there's a lot of pods out there. There's a lot of articles and whatnot. People do hour-long, hour-long, hour-long breakdowns of the third-string offensive lineman for Duke. <laughs> and, you know, in, in a podcast, while that might be interesting to some, it's not necessarily actionable betting information. It doesn't help you make a bet to know the third-string lineman is not as good as the second-string lineman at Duke, right? So our whole goal with these pods is to get you in and out get you, again, actionable sports betting information. We'll hit the highlights at the end, and we'll talk about the top teams. We're going to give a free play here at the end of this podcast as well on an ACC win total. So that's the plan. With that, I will stop talking about that and jump right in. Wags, the ACC is today. We are used to me coming on here and saying, Clemson's a minus 850 favorite to win the ACC. Clemson's a minus 1,200 favorite to win the ACC. Today, I'm going to come on here and tell you this, Clemson Wags is a minus 120 favorite to win the ACC. She's in win total, 10.5, plus 110, plus 110 if you want to go over, minus 130 on the under. To win the Atlantic Division, they're minus 240. Win the national title, 10-1. to 1. They're about the fourth or fifth betting favorite there to make the playoff. They are plus money, plus 155. Lots of changes for the Clemson Tigers this year. Can Dabo get it done? I have... Some thoughts on this team. Wanted to get yours before we jump in. Clemson Tigers only minus 120 to win the conference. Yeah, pretty pretty wild. Um, like, what, the last five, six years, probably even more, um, you know, top team in the ACC, top team in the country up until last year. Trevor Lawrence, you know, leaves the reins to DJ Ugalele, top recruit in the nation. And what happened? He looked completely lost last year. He was held under 200 yards passing in his first seven of eight games and did not, yes, I'm saying this right, did not pass for over 250 yards all season last year. That's unbelievable. And, yeah, it's it's absolutely wild. Um, and, and the funny thing is, the year before, when Lawrence went down for a couple of games, he was passing the ball really, really well. He came in as a true freshman, throwing the ball all over, over, over Notre Dame and the likes like that. So he stepped up and everybody thought he was going to have a big year. And what happened? I mean, huge hiccup. I mean, they, they could not really get it done on offense. However, defensively, they were one of the top five teams in the nation. 
Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, last year he was surrounded by a lot of young guys and I'm talking about Ugalele here. Um, and nine of their offensive starters are back this year. Um, they were cons- consistently scoring 35, 45 points a game last year. They averaged just about 24, 25 points a game. Really, really big uh, drop. But I think they get closer to about 30, 35 points a game. Okay. Um, they ha- even with this new offensive coordinator and Brandon Streeter, Street- something to note, Streeter's been there you know, since 2015. He was a right. Clemson quarterback, um, and, and he was the passing game coordinator. So, um, and, and not only that, I think Ugalele, like you, you, you've seen he's had a really good offseason. He dropped about 20, 25 pounds. Um, so I think he'll, you know, maybe he's not going to be, you know, the best guy and the top recruit that he, you know, and everybody thought he was going to be, but he'll bounce back and he'll have some uh, more experience on offense this year. Defensively, they they do lose Venables, right? Obviously, one of the best defensive coordinators in the nation. Um, but last year, they were incredible. I don't really see them losing uh, too much step there. Uh, they had two games where they gave up, and this is the most points they gave up last season, 27 points, one in double overtime to NC State, and we'll talk about them soon, um, and the other against Wake Forest, who was ranked 13th at the time. And yes, Wake Forest put up 41 points a game uh, last year. So, um, you know, I, I think they're going to have a great defensive line, great defensive core. Um, you know, will they lose a little bit of a step without Venables? Yeah, maybe. Um, what, what are your What are your takes, ACO? But again, going from first or second in defense to maybe sixth or seventh in defense is is fine. It's all about their offense, like yes. you said. I mean, from a defense perspective, they have the top D line in the entire country by my by my ranking. So I think that they're not going to lose a step there. I will say this: their season win total is ten and a half, plus one ten to go over. As we talked about, as of now on the look ahead lines, they're going to be favored in every single game that week. November five game at Notre Dame depends on what book you look at. They're pick them in some, they're minus three in others. So we'll call it around a pick them, right? That could be the only spot where they're not favored. A lot's going to change between now and November 5th. But again, on the look ahead, they're favored in every single game. So that's rare to see that. And then you see a 10 and a half at plus money effectively saying that they're going to go 10 and two. Yeah. So is there value on this over? I will say this, there's sharp money on this under people are saying, okay, Based on what I saw last year from DJ, you're going to have to win 11 games to beat me. And if you do it, so be it. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, no, look, Ugalele is just too unproven, right? Like yep. we saw his full, um, I guess, you know, potential last year, I guess, you know, and, you know, I think there's a lot of room for improvement and everybody sees that. But to have a 10 and a half win total pretty much on his shoulders, correct. it's going to be t- tough. And and let alone, they have two new coordinators. I know I mentioned Streeter, um, you know, and their great defense, right? So Streeter, their offensive coordinator, has been there for a while, but a lot to be put on this young quarterback in Ugalele. A couple interesting stats um, for Clemson. 0-6 against the spread in the last two years. They were 0-7 last year to start the season against the spread. Um, and eight and two in the last three years to the under. So mm-hmm. um, they play a lot of early uh, tight games. Um, maybe their offense needs to takes a while to get clicking, um, you know, a, a, and because of that, they're not covering usually those big numbers early. Absolutely. And one thing also I always look at last year, sort of how did teams do in, in close games? Look, they won – Nine games last year in the regular season. They won 10 because they won the Cheez-It Bowl against Iowa State. Nine of those wins, they, they were what I consider close wins by a touchdown or less. So this is a team that won nine. They could have very easily, easily won five. Okay, that's how poor DJ played last year. Um, yeah, they beat Georgia Tech by six. Yeah, I mean, Georgia Tech, they were minus 27. They won 14 They beat to Boston eight. College by six as 15-point favorites. Yep. They beat Syracuse, and again, they do struggle against Syracuse often. On the road, they beat them 17-14 as 13-and-a-half, 14-point favorites. They they beat Louisville by six. I mean, this is a team that certainly struggled and, and could have easily won six games, not 10 last year. Absolutely. Now they're going to start 3-0. and They're home Georgia Tech where they're minus 19, and they get Furman and La Tech at home. So they're going to be 3-0. 
And then it sort of starts, right? At Wake is no walk in the park. The NC State game, in my opinion, is probably going to decide the Atlantic Division. They're currently minus 10 on the look ahead line there against NC State. Big revenge game. game. They lost last year in double overtime on the road to NC State. You know, they definitely have this game circled. No doubt about it. Yes, they do. But guess what? NC State's good. We're about to touch on them in a second. But yeah, look. And I, I've I've kind of gone back and forth on this, and my thought is the the I would not play the over. I'll just say that I don't trust DJ based on what I saw last year. You could say you know he came in, it's tough, five star kid, all this hype, and they just sort of mentally got to him. But I have to see it before I I can go to the window with this team on a ten and a half. There's just a lot of landmines in that schedule between NC State at FSU at Notre Dame, Miami. Who knows what's going to happen with South Carolina in a rivalry game, too. Yeah. No, I completely agree. In my notes, I say um, I have right down here two young coordinators, Ugalele unproven. If anything, I lean lean under, but I'm staying Mm -hmm. away. Agreed. Looks like we're on the same page there. But, yeah, to see a Clemson uh, team that still has Dabo and still has arguably the best defense in the country, including by far the best defensive line in the country, to be – quote, only minus 120 to win the ACC is, is pretty remarkable and just shows well. the state of their offensive uh, firepower this year, which I think is certainly going to be lower than previous years. As long as, as, long as Dabo is uh, coaching and not dancing, I think uh, Clemson <laughs> should be okay. But I'll just leave that at that. Um, Ugalele talking about some futures, player futures. Um, just looking at him, if you think Clemson's going to be back, if you think they'll knock off Notre Dame on the road, you think they'll beat Miami at home, you think they'll beat NC State at home, that you think they'll beat Florida State on the road, you think they'll beat Wake Forest on the road, all these games, and you're like, hey, look, you know what? There's only upside here for Ugalele. You can get him. I've seen him as as you know high as fifty to one to win the Heisman. Um, right now, I'm looking at DraftKings. I see him at forty five to one. Mm-hmm. Um, Bet online, I think, has him 40. at 40, forty to one. So, yeah, shop I mean, around. Sh- always shop around. You got to make sure that you're you're do your diligence, get a couple of books at least, um, and and take the best line if if you like that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not a bet that I'm going to the window with, but I it, if you said you know give me your top five Heisman bets based upon value, he would certainly be on on my list only because you're getting a team that's favored to win one of the Power Five conferences, the quarterback of that team. And you're getting a price of 40 to one. Yep. So from just like a Heisman 101 betting perspective, how you're normally supposed to do it, right? He would fall into one of those categories. Look, I mean, sure. if he if he played like he did against uh, you know, Notre Dame two years ago, again, they they lost in double overtime 47 They put up 40 points, he, though. They put up 40 points, exactly. Um, they also beat Boston College the week before where he had to come in. He actually came back. If you think you're gonna get that DJ and not last year's DJ and you think he's going to live up to the hype and you see that he lost 20, 25 pounds and you're on that train, like 45 to one, I've seen worse tickets. So I'm with you. All right, guys, that is the Clemson Tigers. We're going to now move to the team, the sexy pick. A lot of people think might dethrone Clemson in the Atlantic this year. NC state season win total eight and a half minus half, minus one fifty on the over plus plus one thirty. If you want to go under to win the division plus 500 to win the ACC Outright eight to one national title, one twenty to one. Have some thoughts there. I know you do two wags to make the playoff fourteen to one. Look, this is all about the quarterback. They're bringing back Devin Leary, which is great. Do you believe in Dave Doran? Eh, some may, some may not. That said, they returned seventeen starters, seven on offense, 10, 10 on defense, and on the offensive side, Devin Leary he threw for thirty five touchdowns to just five picks last year. Um. But for me, all that said, I mean, and I just feel like it's not getting talked about enough. They lose Iggy Kwanu, the sixth pick in the draft. Not just a guy. He's the blindside protector for Leary, left tackle. And look, when NC State loses a guy who was picked six in the draft, it's a little different than when Alabama or Georgia loses a guy picked six in the draft. They just replace him the next year. Sixth overall picks are not normally coming out of NC State year in and year out. So... For me, it's great that Devin Leary had this, you know, all-world year last year, sort of a dark horse Heisman coming into this year, 35 and 5. But but when you lose a guy who's that talented, when you have all these preseason expectations now off a 9 and 3 year last year, um 
it's just one of those where everyone seemingly, if they're not taking Clemson, they're, you know, NC State and the Atlantic is is sort of next team up. I just have some com- some concerns about the loss of Aquanu and kind of can they live up to the hype coming into the year here? Yeah, look, you know what? NC State, 9-3 and three last year, like you said, they're they're bringing back 17 starters. Look, they lost three games. They lost to Miami by one. They lost to yep. Wake by three, both games on the road. I mean, that means they're literally a play away or two plays away from being 11-1. and one. Um, And they have their stud quarterback back, right? This, rest, this is a recipe for success. I mean, this is a recipe for a long shot bet, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Um, even so, even with their big loss on the offensive line, they're still really solid up front. Now, is it a big loss losing your blindside um, tackle for Leary? Oh, 100%. Um, will they have someone to fill it? Yeah. As good? No. But no. Um, the fact is, you know, I, I see this team being really good. My, my one concern is the buzz around NC State, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much buzz by touts and, and, and public, and there's a lot of buzz out there. There's no other word for it. Where we saw that happen last year with North Carolina with um, Howell and, and, and how he completely, you know, for lack of a better term, shit the bed. And he, you know, they struggled. They won six games last year when they were supposed to be um, competing for the ACC championship. So um, will something like that happen to NC State? Will they learn from that? Will, you know, Dorn be able to kind of get this team and rally this team and keep them going and uh, in stride from last year? Yeah, I think they could. Um, You know, their schedule is a little bit easier than last year. They only have four road ACC games, granted one of them in uh, Death Valley at Clemson, but the others are against Syracuse, Louisville, and then again they finish their year against rival UNC, who would love to play potential spoiler there. Um, they do avoid Miami and Pitt this year from the Coastal, who are going to be the top two teams most likely, and we'll talk about them a little bit. Um, but you know, defensively they're loaded at linebacker in the secondary. They only gave up twenty points a game last year, and they're returning ten starters. So. Um, you know, I think Dorn does a solid job. He definitely had his best year last year. Can he keep, keep it up? We'll see. He's gone to a bowl game six of the last eight years. Um, look, I, I definitely have a, a lean on their over. I really like this team. Um, are they going to pull a North Carolina of last year? They could. Um, but I think the recipe is there and I, I would even consider a long shot ticket on NC state to win it all at 120 to one. And the Get reason is the playoffs hedge it out. Exactly. And, and you could talk a little bit about that from last year, right? I mean, you could talk about a team Cincy. in Cincinnati. Exactly. Who, who you had last year. Um, but you know, things like that could happen. And then at towards the end, if they do get past Clemson, I um, mean, even not it's, it's early in the season. Clemson could lose another one. They could, they could end up going to the ACC title game. Now, will that put a huge damper on their title hopes? A hundred percent. But I, I've made worse bets. I, I'll likely have a ticket on NC State to win it all um, just because I think that they could. I mean, they have a Heisman Trophy quarterback. They have 10 guys coming back on defense and only gave up 20 points a game last year. They have weapons. The The recipe is there. I mean, the one question really is their, their head coach and, and the, sure. the loss of their stud offensive lineman to the draft, like you said. You don't often see NC State getting, you know, a top 10 draft pick from their offensive line. Dave Dorn, straight up record at NC State, 64 and 49. So last year certainly helped, obviously, but yeah, pretty good record since he's been there. You mentioned the schedule wag, 61st strength of schedule in the entire country. Well, so let me let me manageable. let me just say this. I mean, you, like you could talk about Dorn, you know, maybe his first five years struggled or, or was fine. His last five years, nine and four in 2017, nine and four in 2018, had a down year at four and eight in 2019. Okay, that's not good. But then eight and four and nine and three. Sure. I mean, four You're of right. his four of his last five years, he's only had, he's been nine and four, eight and four or better. Yeah, so pretty solid. I mean, yeah, and and one other thing I'll mention: they're the only team in the ACC to return their entire coaching staff, wow. which is huge. And I think for a guy like, you know, Leary, who's going to be having a new O-line in front of him, that's massive. Yep. Uh, 
Look Ahead Lines has them favored as of now in 11 of their 12 games. The only one where they are dogs is the game, October 1 at Clemson. They're currently plus 10. So in my view, I think you would probably agree that game probably decides this division. If they can go in there, win that game, your 120 to 1 ticket to get them into the Final Four is, is, is looking pretty darn good. As Absolutely. everybody knows, I had Cincinnati last year at 100, 100 to 1, I believe it was. Uh, and look, I just got him into the, the final four. That was the whole goal. Get him in there, hedge it out, made a profit on it. So I don't necessarily think, I think you'd probably agree that they're going to win the whole thing. I, you know, versus Alabama versus Georgia versus Ohio state, they're, they're double digit dogs, but getting him into the final four, things can happen, especially when you have one of the arguably, you know, top five, top 10 quarterbacks in, in the entire country there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and look, just to make a note right a now, win total. Yeah, eight and a half win total looks juicy. I mean, but, you know, like you said, you have to give up 150 uh, points there. But the uh, schedule that I have um, from a from a at least my estimated line, they're going to be dogs in one game at yep. Clemson. There'll be about 10 or so. Um, and then favorite in every other game, favorite in every other game. The last two games will be tough, but I expect that line to go up. They'll be at Louisville. That should be a win at that point in the season. Um, I see them being, you know, about somewhere between four and six. Um, and then at North Carolina, again, that's going to be a um, rivalry game on the road. If they are at that point, again, you could even hedge um, a situation if they are, you know, 10, 11 and 0. But um, we shall see. Uh, they're going to be good. And you mentioned, yeah, they, they, they obviously lost their stud offensive lineman to the draft, they still are returning four starters and they have a transfer to come in as well to possibly shore up the line at guard. Lots to like about this team. I will totally agree with you there. I just generally the way that I bet win totals is when everything, everyone's on them as far as a hype machine from coming back from the previous year, it's generally the time you want to go under that. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Think I the number you. has accounted for that. Like I said, they're favored in 11 to 12, but the win total is eight and a half. So yeah, it's sort of so, accounting for that. Yeah, it in, gets you a little nervous. Sense. Definitely. Yep. Two look-ahead numbers at East Carolina week one. They're minus 10. November 5th, home versus Wake. They're currently minus six. So those are a couple numbers there. Making our way through the ACC Atlantic WAGs, the Florida State Seminoles. <laughs> Season one total, six and a half. Minus 135 if you want to go over, plus 115 if you want to go under. To win the division, 18 to 1. To win the ACC, 35 to 1. To win the National Football Championship, 250 to 1. Look, this team lost has lost five season openers in a row. They lost last year by three versus Notre Dame. And in a season last year that felt sort of hyped up for them, they were going to make you know big moves and, and whatnot. That loss sort of just deflated their entire season, in my view. If you'll recall, right after that, what did they do? They were minus 26 at home against Jacksonville State and lost 20-17. to 17. To so, who? Yeah, exactly. Jacksonville State. So wow. what did they do this year to try to, to alleviate the lot, you know, five lost uh, season openers in a row? They scheduled a week one, August 27th, against Duquesne. Probably a smart move, sort of get things going. And then the big one, September 4th. For all intents and purposes, at LSU, it's technically a neutral site, but it's in, in New Orleans. At LSU, they're currently plus three. So this is a make-or-break season for Mike Norvell, in my view, his third year here. He's only 8-13 and 13 in his first couple of years there, straight up 8-12 and 12 ATS. So big, big, big season for Norvell. But um, it, I just don't see this team coming anywhere near where we're looking at Clemson or NC State as far as challenging for the Atlantic here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm truly elated to say this. Florida State has not had a winning season t- since 2017. They're 19 and 27, 19 and 27 in the last four years, 26 and 31 in the last five years. Um, however, this obviously moves to low expectations now. And I think that you might see a little bounce back here from Florida State. Um, they do return 16 starters, eight on offense, eight on defense, which is you know, towards the top of the ACC as far as uh, returners. Um, they'll only be favored in about six or seven games this year, which is yep. right on that six and a half mark that Vegas has. Um, but I think five of those games should be fairly easy. Again, you mentioned Duquesne. Um, they have Boston College at home. Um, you know, I think, again, 
we'll talk a little bit about Wake Forest next. They have homecoming against Wake Forest. It'll be an interesting game. I expect there to be at least 100 points in that game. Um, <laughs> you know, if the Florida State defense doesn't really show up like we haven't seen them in the last few years, they play Georgia Tech. Um, they're at Syracuse, which I guess I shouldn't say is such a cupcake because um, they have a lot of returners. Um, no then they no have a, road game for FSU is a cupcake. Yeah, I, guess, I don't care who you're playing. Yeah, and Syracuse, you know, tough at home, I guess. Um, but they also have Louisiana Lafayette, right? So, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, at least five games right there that they could theoretically win. And then they have games, again, those like 50-50 games, um, you know, Louisville. I think the LSU game is going to be a lot closer, and so does Vegas, right? So, I mean, when I saw that line, I was like, my eyes opened up. I said, why is LSU only three at, you know, basically, like you said, essentially at home yep. against a Florida State team that, again, is 26 and 31 in the last five years. Now, I know LSU is going through their own kind of rebuild and whatnot, but, you know, to me, I, I wouldn't have been shocked if that was seven, eight, ten points even. Um, but, yeah, pretty interesting to see. Um, that being said, you know, I, I never have – too much expectations uh, over the last few years from Florida State. We'll see what could happen. Um, they do have Jordan Travis at quarterback, right? So uh, he's a playmaker. He threw for 15 touchdowns last year. Not that much, but he only threw for six. I mean, he, he can really use his legs. Um, they really need to get this team tough. They need to get them mentally ready. Um, and, and, I mean, really to save their their quote-unquote franchise. because. Yeah, I mean, I think Norvell has really got to step up or else he's going to be gone. agree with you. Um, as I mentioned, big year for him. Look, they do return 8-8, eight and eight, right? 8 on offense, 8 on defense, which is huge. Norvell has kind of put it in his own hands, so he's changed it around this year where he's going to be calling the plays. So he's saying, okay, I, he, he probably knows if he doesn't at least at a minimum, at a minimum, get them, this team to a bowl, He's probably out after year three. You mentioned Jordan Travis. All accounts are he looks great in the spring. A ton of new receivers. So the keys to kind of getting them on the same page between spring and summer practices. Jordan Travis has to stay healthy this year, right? They're extremely light in terms of depth. If he goes down, this total win total is going under for sure. They do lose Jermaine Johnson going in the first round of the NFL draft, which is huge. But as I said, they return eight and eight. Uh, this is a team that allowed just, just quote, 26 points a game last year, 378 yards per game. They lose Stephen um, Sven Keir Thomas as well. So I, I haven't touched this win total. I have games circled here. LSU at Louisville, at NC State, home Clemson, at Miami, home Florida. Like those are just games where they could lose every single one of them. It wouldn't shock me at all. They're pick them in that finale versus Florida on November 25th. They're dogs in pretty much every, every, um, other game that I just mentioned. So to go over this win total wags at six and a half, and you have to lay juice minus one thirty-five. It's just certainly something that I'm not looking to do. Uh, this is also a team just mentally they could. We've seen it over the last few years, just essentially quit on their coach and kind of spiral out of control. Especially if they get perhaps blown out in that LSU game week two, uh, they're sort of like, oh, here we go again, and knowing that they probably are not going to get to to six wins. I think they have to beat LSU there to get to that six one mark. But interesting. Yeah. No, we'll I think this is a, this is uh one where we might even differ just a mm -hmm. slight, you know, I think they get to six or seven wins. Um, okay. I think they get back to a bowl and you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they get to six wins or seven wins, even seven wins. Yeah. Yep. In terms of strength, the schedule 18th in the country. So okay. I think they have to hey, look, this goes without saying and captain, obviously are, they can't lose any of those games like Jacksonville State last year, right? They can't be losing to Louisiana. They can't be losing at home to Georgia Tech. Yeah. So that they College, take you know. care of business. They, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, they should have four easy wins. They should. Duquesne, Correct. Boston College at home, Georgia Tech at home, and Louisiana Lafayette at home. I mean, those are four should win games. And they also have Syracuse on the road, Wake Forest at home, at Louisville, yeah, these are all games that, you know, traditionally Florida State should win. Absolutely. All right. That is the Florida State Seminoles, guys. We're going to be back with Wake Forest, making our way through the ACC after the short break. And we are back, making our way through the ACC. Last team we're going to touch on in depth here, Wags, in the Atlantic Division, Wake 
Boris. An interesting year last year for sure. Season win total this year, eight and a half plus 115 if you want to go over that number. Eight and a half season win total for Wake Forest. Win the Atlantic Division, plus 950. Win the ACC, 18 to 1. Win the national title, 180 to 1. Not the best recruiting numbers for Dave Clawson here in his ninth year coming in. Record straight up 51 and 48. A 10 and 3, sorry, 11 and 3 overall record last year between the ACC title game and the bowl game will certainly help that. But look, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Sam Hartman returns. A lot of Heisman talk about this guy, Wags, Sam Hartman. Um, 33 to 1. This, he's gotten as low as 33 to 1 in markets there. Um, Look, this is a team that for me just last five seasons, look at their win numbers, eight, seven, eight, four, boom, 11 last year, you know, sort of out of out of nowhere, if you will. And out of beach you here, they got to win nine games uh, if you want to go under that. So certainly a win total that we'll get into it, but I'm, I'm not going over on this team at eight and a half at plus 115. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Um, Look, I, I don't want to get too deep into Wake Forest. I, th- I think, you know, we, we touched upon, you know, definitely the top two teams and and FSU, you know, just to, because typically one of the better teams in the ACC been struggling, but I think they bounced back a little bit. Um, but I think Wake has to be mentioned, right? 11-3 and three last year, returning those seven starters on offense, including, you know, quarterback one, if you know, you know, Sam Hartman. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fourth in the nation offensively, putting up 41 points a game. This was their best season in the history of Wake Forest. Best football season ever um, last year. So I think I like Clawson. I think he's a very underrated coach. Sure. Um, yeah, and they have a fairly easy schedule again this year. So um, I think they're somewhere right in the middle of the pack. What do you have them as? I have them right around 60. You as have far as up? what? Schedule strength you're talking yes, about? strength of schedule. Yeah, strength of schedule, 60th in the entire country, exact yep, same okay. numbers, yeah. yeah. So very manageable schedule there. I mean, and you, they're probably going to start at 3-0, VMI at Vandy Home Liberty. Yeah, So I mean, the, you're essentially be, playing a nine-game schedule here for this win total. They'll be two touchdown favorites in, in uh, you know, at least two touchdown favorites. I mean, VMI, they'll probably be about 40-point favorites. Um, Vanderbilt, probably about 20 to 24. Um, Liberty, I think there'll be two touchdowns, maybe 17-point favorites. Clemson, then they get into, again, that that kind of beef part of the schedule that's going to matter, right? They're going to have Clemson. They get them at home. I don't think that really matters much with Wake Forest. Um, but who knows? You know, you start 3-0. and You have an 11-3 year the year before. You get Clemson at home this year. Um you know, maybe they show up, they go crazy. Who knows? There could be some sort of upset there, especially if Ugalele is, you know, kind of the same that we saw. Um, and if they're putting up 41 points a game, who knows? Um, but, you know, I think it'll just be hard for them to do this. You know, they're not used to it. Wake exactly. Forest, it's not someone who's been there before. This is their, again, best season ever. They have games against Clemson. They have to go to Florida State, to NC State, to Louisville, they have North Carolina. I mean, I don't think they're going to get to, you know, it's going to be tough for them, even with this kind of quote-unquote easy schedule, to get to a nine-win, let alone double-digit win season. So um, I, I wish them well. It's always good to see kind of this, you know, you know, when Duke was good a couple of years ago, they had a couple of seasons in a row. It was, you know, interesting to see them compete, and it'll be great to see Wake Forest kind of maybe do something similar. You you mentioned you saw Sam Hartman at thirty five to one. I see him at sixty to one on, on DraftKings. Shop, so shop. Make sure you shop if you happen to like Wake Forest and you think they're going to do it again this year, and you think they have an easy schedule, and you think Hartman is the man, um, and he does something similar to what he did last year. Then hey, sixty to one is right there for the taking on um, DraftKings. Yeah, you mentioned schedule road games at FSU at Louisville at NC State. They go 0-3 of those. I'm not shocked at all. And then right. they got to win every other game for you to, to catch that win total, right. including a home game against Clemson where they're going to be good amount, significant dogs there. So, yeah. look, I, I, I just think offensive regression is probably going to hit them pretty hard. They lose Shakiri Robinson. He had over 1,000 yards receiving. And something that's not getting talked about, they lose their all-world kicker, Nick Skiba, who was lights out for them last year. They have a redshirt freshman coming in to handle the kicking duties. And... I mean, some of these games last year, you know, Louisville, they won by three. 
Um, Syracuse, they won by three. North Carolina, they lost by three. NC State, they won by three, right? So sort of getting my point here about the kicker probably won them some of those games that normally they they wouldn't even be maybe yeah. even in the game at that no, point. for and, sure. And, and just to touch, you know, we're, we're talking about Hartman. We're talking about their yeah. high-powered high offense. They're returning seven. So, you know, I expect them to be pretty good again. You know, do they put up 41 points a game? Yeah, probably not, but um, they certainly have the quarterback to to be able to do it. But where where my biggest concern is is on defense, right? I mean, th- th- this is a team um, that was not very good on defense, and let alone you know they didn't have to be that great, right? They 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 put up forty one points a game, they won eleven games, but they're only returning six players on defense, and this defense wasn't even that great. So um, look at some of those numbers mind. last year, Wags. They gave up what fifty six and and fifty eight. In, in two games there. Yeah. I mean, they gave up 56 points yet. They, they put up 70 to army. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they, they lose to North Carolina on the road, 58, 55. Um, they lost to Clemson 48, 27. Um, you know, it, it's tough. Uh, it's tough when you're giving up that many points um, to army, 37 points to Syracuse, 34 to Louisville. I mean, these aren't, necessarily you know your alabama and and of the world and and your high you know your high scoring offenses of the the world so um you know keep that in mind like their defense isn't that good i mean i expect these games a lot of these games to go over and i wouldn't be surprised to see some of these wake forest games in in the you know 60s and 70s um when it when it Mm -hmm. comes to totals yeah which if you're looking at heisman for or sorry hartman for heisman it's all about stats but to me the Heisman is coming, you know, from a team uh, uh, that's winning 10, 11 games, right? Which, as I mentioned, I if I had to play this win total, I'm certainly playing under um, yep. on Wake Forest. So I'm not necessarily looking to jump in on a apartment for a Heisman ticket, even at those elevated numbers at 60 to 1. So, all right, that is the last team we're going to look at at the Atlantic. We're going to move over to the Coastal Division. It is time. It is time. Every year we have the same. We, meaning you, Canes are back. Here we go. The Miami, of course, national championship coming up. (laughs) Miami Hurricanes. Season went to eight and a half, minus 125 over, plus 105 under. To win the Coastal Wags, plus 110 favorites. To win the ACC, plus 475. To win the national title, which I know you have multiple tickets already, 90 to 1. Make the playoff thirteen to one. I will shut up and just let me and let you talk about how Mario Cristobal is going to bring them back to glory. How they're back. How you, Tyler Van Dyke might win the Heisman. I actually think that's not a bad ticket. To be fair, tell me about the Canes. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. First off, you mentioned plus one ten to win the Coastal. I I see. You make sure you shop because I've seen minus one ten and I've seen plus one fifty, plus one fifty on DraftKings, couple of local books. You know, trying to get your money at minus one ten. So make sure you shop around. I think you know you can get plus one fifty on DraftKings. That's a good number uh, to win the coastal. That said, every year here, here are my notes. Could this be the year? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it every year. Is it twenty years ago again? Is it Miami's back? Is the U back? Well, here's the thing. Can Cristobal bring them back into the conversation in his first year back? Um, Is Cristobal more than just a recruiter? Now, he is one of the greatest recruiters, and you can already see um, this taking uh, making a huge impact. Uh, Last I checked, and and again, there's so many different recruiting tools and and, uh, companies out there. But I saw Miami was the fifth-ranked class for next year already, um, and Alabama was six. So, I mean, clearly Cristobal is making some moves. Um, My question is, look, he was good at Oregon. Don't get me wrong. Very good. But he wasn't great. Um, Couldn't get him over that hump. Right. With the Phil Knight money. His his best year was 12-2, and and, like, on average, he was a 9-3 and coach. And and look, uh, Miami needs that. They need to get back in the conversation. They need those double-digit wins. Um, but what 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 Cristobal brings, and the, and the biggest thing that he does is he makes his teams tougher. He his, his offensive line and defense; those guys in the trenches are tough. Um, and Miami's offensive line has been 
weak for the last several years. Um, you know, I can't even remember Miami's offensive line really being very good over the last six, seven, eight, nine years. Um, but they, he's going to make them tougher. He's got coaches and the coaching staff that is fierce, tough, um, really demands the most out of you. Um, and I think that's what he's going to bring. Um, you know, I, I think when he went to Oregon, Oregon was winning games. You know, he had, he took over for Chip Kelly. They were winning games like 61 to, to 30 right. and, and putting up all these numbers. You're not going to see that. You're going to see a hard hitting, hard team, hard nosed team. Um, that, that Cristobal is going to instill toughness into this team. I keep saying it. Um, and I, you're going to hear toughness, toughness all throughout the next, you know, 10, 11, 12 weeks. Cause I really believe that's what he's going to do. Um, he gets a great group back. He gets, like you mentioned, Van Dyke, Tyler Van Dyke threw for almost 3000 yards last year, 25 touchdowns, only six picks last year. Heisman ticket. What do you think? In um, all seriousness. Look, uh, I, look I, I want to think that, I mean, last, Miami Heisman, it's been since, what, Gino Toretta? Is it Gino? Yeah. Probably. So, I mean, it's been a long time. Is Tyler Van Dyke the guy? He could be. I mean, if he has a great season, if the line is tough and blocks, he's got the weapons, right? They always have receivers and running backs that could that could make things work. I mean, you got Jalen Knight and you got all these new recruits. You have a pretty young, solid re- uh, receiving core. Will Mallory at tight end. So, like, he's got weapons to do it. It's a matter of, like, can he get a good feel with this new coaching staff um, and keep the rhythm that he had last year? Um, I don't think I would necessarily go to the bank on this. Um, and, and that's coming from from a huge Miami guy. I mean, he threw for 62%. He completed 62% of his passes last year. His quarterback rating was over 160. Um, so there could be big things for Miami. I mentioned the wide receiving core. I mentioned the athletes around. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami puts up 40 points a game. So that's because of thing. that, yeah, his stats could be there. Um, but but good, the second good. part of that is you got to win 10. We talked about it with Wake, right? 11 games to do that, which we will talk about toward the later end of the podcast. We think that might potentially happen. Yes, yes. But uh, it's sort of a you know two, three-pronged approach if, if, if we're going to do that. I, I, I think we well, would agree, you know, Alabama, the Ohio States of the world, they're in that 11 win almost by, well, by here's default some years. Here's the question. They play 12 games. They will be dogs in two. They will be at dogs A&M at Texas at A&M and at Clemson, two yep. top 10 teams in the nation. Um, the A&M game week three, I think they're only about an eight Plus point. Eight. Yeah, they're about an eight point dog. I mean, on the road at A&M and SEC school, you're only down. You're basically a touchdown. Anything could happen. And, and sure. that, that Clemson game, again, if – Ugalele is not that great, and Clemson, you know, is kind of a mix of being a little bit better, but you know, similar to last year. That's a winnable game, um, and it's going to be late in the season, and it's going to be, you know, it, it'll be interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I, look, I, I need to see Van Dyke do it again this year. Yeah. Um, I need to see what he's like. Is he going to be like a Howell type player, where you know, who again didn't do so well? We'll see. Um, but on, I just want to go back, um, to Miami overall and being tough, like Miami, the last, you know, when, why they've been, uh, a 28 and 22 in their last 50 games, only a 56% win percentage, which is atrocious for the U and Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't tackle. It would make sense mm-hmm. for your defense to try to tackle, right? That's the whole point of the game. Um, but, and, and if you can't tackle, you're going to lose. Well, Again, it goes back to the toughness. It goes back to the culture, the instilling of the toughness from not only their current coaching staff, from players from the past who have come in, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, you know, all these big guys that are coming back, giving back. You see, actually, there's pictures of Coach Orgeron um, from LSU. He started at Miami back in the early 80s. Like, that's where he started. Um, I think his son is now a, on the coaching staff at Miami and maybe a grad assistant. I could be wrong there, pretty sure. But you see Coach O on the sidelines. Like, you're getting all of this um, knowledge and education these players can take advantage of, and it's all about toughness. I mean, and you think about those last, past LSU teams, tough. Um, mm-hmm. You need to tackle. I think you're going to see Miami – 
tackle. I think their front seven is going to be much better. Um, and I think you might see games like, you know, when, when they beat Notre Dame a couple of years ago and that, you know, the, uh, I want to say the orange bowl, but dolphin stadium or whatever it's called now, it's gone through, I think has the most name changes in the last several years, um, is going to be rocking. Uh, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, win total eight and a half eyes wide open right yep. there. And again, yep. we will talk about that towards the end of the podcast. We certainly will. And then one of the things we'll talk about is the schedule. Besides Texas A&M, who they play week three, they don't play a top 40 defense until FSU in week nine. Okay, the schedule is extremely light. They have the 65th ranked most difficult schedule in the entire country this year. And you hit on a lot of the points. I mean, look, they have a new coach. They have a new AD. And last year they won seven games. But Wags, they had a two-point loss to Virginia, a three-point loss to Carolina, and a three-point loss to Florida State. Flip those around, this is a 10-win team, and you're not even sniffing eight and a half. This win total probably opens at nine and a half because there's so much hype. Hell, Mario um, uh, Diaz might still be there, right? Mario Cristobal might not even be the coach of that. If those three games split, Manny Diaz might not even be there. So, you know, we we might not even be talking about Mario Cristobal if if those three things happen. So, Very true. And, you know, a little scary to think that way. Uh, But again... Like you said, open up against Bethune and Southern Miss. I mean, they're going to be going to be three and zero. Sorry, two and zero. Two and zero going into A and M with confidence. And you know, it's not like one of those first game of the seasons where Miami, you know, has to go play LSU at um, Dallas Stadium. You know, it's, yeah, they got to go to A and M. They got to go against the twelfth. You know, the twelfth man. Uh, it's going to be rocking there. It's going to be crazy. Um, I don't think Miami and A and M have played each other in. in yeah, uh, really long. I can't even remember when they haven't met since 2008. Uh, okay, Miami is two and one and two and zero ATS. Interesting. Yeah, Middle Tennessee. That's three and one. North Carolina at home again. That should be four and one. We'll see. Probably a drop there. You know, even though it's going to be most likely Mac Brown's last year uh, at Virginia Tech. They should still win in uh, that game. Five Duke six. Virginia at Virginia seven, Florida state. That's going to be a revenge game at home. That's eight and one. In my opinion at Georgia tech, right before Clemson nine and one though, it's a little sandwich game there between you Mm -hmm. got Florida state. Then you got at Georgia state uh, at Georgia tech and then at Clemson. So I circle that Georgia tech game um, as potential Georgia tech plus the points. Um, These are things that we have to make note of, right? These are the little nuggets of, Check out those uh, those sandwich games in between uh, where you know teams could come out flat. That that's one that I'm looking at. Um, but again, you know, I, I see at, at worst, I mean, nine and one coming into Clemson and Pitt, and you're already over the eight and a half. So yep, yep. I think I think we're certainly in agreement there uh, as far as this one total. And I keep saying it, but we'll talk about it toward the end of the pod as well, a bit more in depth. But uh, a lot to like about this Miami team. And again, you can get them at plus money to win this division. And the team that we're about to talk about next is certainly, I think, that their their biggest competition. And one could argue North Carolina as well. But um, as you make our way through the ACC Coastal here, Pittsburgh WAG, season win total, 8.5, minus 120 if you want to go over, plus 100 on the under to win the division, plus 190 to win the ACC 7-1 national title, 120-1. to Boy, this is a team that won 11 games last year. Obviously, they lose Kenny Pickett, all-world quarterback. Pitt, you know, isn't necessarily churning out first-round quarterbacks all that often. So when they do lose it, the first-rounder in that position, it's certainly going to be big news. But they do bring back eight, eight offensive starters. Big move, of course, bringing in Slovis from USC. They also lose their OC, Mark Whipple, uh, along with Pickett and Addison as well. So... Eight and a half on a team that over the last few years prior to last year, five wins, seven wins, eight wins, six wins. And then boom, Kenny Pickett has an all-world year. They win 11 games. So can they replicate what they did last year with Pickett? I, there's a lot of people making the case to, that that they will to go over this total. Pat, Pat Narduzzi isn't necessarily a coach that I'm usually running to the window to bet overs with. Uh, 53 and 37 overall there at Pitt headed into his eighth year here. But Man, it's it's just normally whenever you lose a quarterback of that caliber and you don't necessarily, let's just say, have the track record of winning a lot of games, to 
nine wins for Pitt would be a very good season. That said, the schedule, the schedule, my gosh, 79th most difficult strength of schedule in the entire country. I have circled Tennessee and at Miami as sort of the, you know, eight games there, but just based on the schedule, could Slovis come in and win nine games? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they have West Virginia at home. Who's, you know, not the West Virginia we've seen at Western Michigan, Rhode Island, Georgia tech, Virginia tech, all those last three at home at Louisville and at North Carolina are, you know, tougher games. Um, to pick them. Home versus Syracuse at Virginia, home versus Duke. I mean, that schedule is pretty much a joke. Um, but that said, <laughs> I mean, look, I, I I mean, I have to, after saying it out loud, you know, 79. It, there's a reason it's 79. Yeah, no, it's staring me at the in the face. I see that they're, you know, a 70-plus ranked ske- strength of schedule. But you mentioned it. Quarterback, stud, first-rounder, Kenny Pickett, gone. Offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple. Gone. Belitnikov winner, Jordan Addison, gone, transferred. So even though all the top three weapons are gone, they're still returning eight guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of and not one of them is going to be Keaton Slovis from USC. And I'm not saying this is an incredible get for Pitt, but it sure as heck beats, you know, some random unexperienced guy coming off the bench behind Pickett who, you know, barely saw the field. That's why um, it's eight and a half though. And not seven right. and a half. Oh, for sure. Opinion. So, so that experience there is huge. Um, they have really good, really good depth. I know ACL had mentioned on the top of the hour, we're not going to talk about third string offensive lines, but their offensive line is going to be really good. They have five returners back on the O line and they also have a solid running game. So that's going to help uh, Slovis as well there. Um, the biggest asset, and I know you mentioned like, hey, we're not going to really go all in on Narduzzi's overs often, um, but he's a huge asset. And he, and he's similar to a Cristobal where he, he's a tough coach. He gets the most out of his players, specifically on defense. Those defenses that he has are hard-nosed defenses. They, they play into the whistle. Um, it, it, they're always a tough, uh, game to play pit, you know, they'll, they'll, they're going to give you everything that they have. Um, and nobody really wants to face them. Um, their defensive line is going to be really good again this year. Um, and it's going to make it really tough on opposing quarterbacks schedule wise. Again, we mentioned that they're going to be favored in pretty much every game except for again, Miami, um, and maybe Tennessee, Tennessee. Yeah, and yeah, maybe Tennessee, um, but otherwise, I mean, you know, I, I think they're going to be pretty good. Uh, I think, again, you mentioned they're at eight and a half. I've written down they're an eight and a not eight to nine win team. Um, and I'm going to leave the total alone. But, um, you know, they're definitely going to give Miami, North Carolina a run. Other than that, in the coastal, I don't really see many other teams uh, being such a threat. You got Virginia Tech, Virginia. Georgia Tech, um, you know, again, Duke. You're not taking Duke to win it? No, 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 no. Um, Duke returns <laughs> six on offense, five on defense. They are Duke. They went three and nine last year. Zero expectations. They might be that. making my uh, football futures card, to be fair. Their season yeah. win total is two and a half or three, depending on where you shop. Well, so can they be favored in their first the game. What's up? Can they beat Temple? Yeah, exactly. Can they well, beat favored... North Carolina A&T? Can they beat Kansas on the road? Can they beat Temple week one where they're minus eight? So you get a minus eight at home week one. They're going to lose to Northwestern, and then you get AT&T and then Kansas. If they win, I mean, Duke could literally be three and one. They could. We we, we might have to talk about that, though, because they they still have a first-year head coach. And, and again, we don't really talk about each other's cards. We kind of make our cards up uh, on And then we talk at the end, yeah. We talk at the end, um, but the – Mike Elko, first year head coach. Um, not, you're you're not looking to run to the to grab the Mike Elko experience. No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> I, I wish him well. I wish him well. Good guy, but hey, not not, hey man, not running to the just window. Just saying, Temple, AT and T, Kansas. Watch out for AT and T. We saw you what Jacksonville know. State did last year. I know, I did, State, so. I did. That's Duke. All right. That is the ACC. I think we are in agreement that it's Miami or Pitt. I, I Duke, Georgia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech are not going to challenge here. North Carolina possibly could challenge, but I, there's a lot of question marks for me with that team, especially losing the quarterback situation. Mac Brown, not a huge fan of them. And just touching on North Carolina real quick, their season win total opened eight. It's now at six and a half. 
Yeah. So the market is telling you right there that people are certainly down on North Carolina this year. So for me, it's Miami or Pitt in the coastal. Um, and yeah. All right, my man. Free play time. ACC win total. Look, I shake my head as I say this. However, people <laughs> ask me who who, who who's em. your favorite team ACL? Who's your least favorite team? And my answer is whoever I bet on that that day or that week or that season. So last year I had the Miami Hurricanes under nine and a half, cash that easily. This year, Wags, this is our consensus play. We got together. We both liked this play, and then we said, hey, this is the free play. I will let you do the honors. The ACC podcast free play. We are going. We are going. And I proudly say that I didn't even have to sway ACL on this one. Not a bit. The Miami Hurricanes, led by Mario Cristobal. Oh, by the way, defensive coordinator Charlie Strong and Kevin Steele. You may have heard heard those names before. Uh, so talking about toughness, we're going over eight and a half. Um, again, look, this schedule is pretty weak. Uh, they should be you know, somewhat back, if you will. You want to laugh all you want. Um, they've needed to be back. I think they're there. Uh, Bethune-Cookman, Southern Miss, Middle Tennessee, North Carolina at home, at VTech, Duke at home, at Virginia, Florida State home, at Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh at home. That's going to be a big game. Um, you know, we're hopeful, and I think we're fairly bullish that this could be wrapped up after uh, week 10 for them at Georgia Tech. They could yep. have nine wins, nine and one. I mean, could it happen earlier? Yeah. Could they beat A&M on the road? It's possible. They're only, a, you know, eight point dogs. Um, but, you know, they should be able to be nine and one at that point going into Clemson and then pit at home. But guess what? ACL, tell me what happens if they're eight and two going into those last two games. Whenever you bet a season win total, guys, you want to look at the last game of the year for that particular team. Are they going to be favored in that game? Is it a favorable game? Why? So you can hedge out of it and potentially get out of it. Miami's at eight and a half. If they go into week 12 at, say, eight, you know, eight, eight and three, right? So they'd be eight and three in this scenario. And, and we need that, that game for the win. They're at home against Pittsburgh. They're going to be favored in that game. You can hedge out. You can either take Pitt on the money line. You can try to middle it. You take Pitt plus the points. So you, you're you're giving yourself essentially that extra out whenever the team that you bet in over with in this scenario has a good favorable schedule matchup in week 12 where they're going to be favored, right? So if you just, eh, you know, I'm not feeling Miami right now, not a problem at all. You have your over eight and a half ticket, you take pit money line, you're essentially out of the entire bet right there. So uh, yeah, we're Miami eight and a half minus 115 readily available. Hopefully they're at least at eight wins by week 12, which I definitely think that, that they should be. They're going to win at least three of their first four games. So, you know, if you want to get out of it or if you even want to go for the middle, say Miami is, I don't know, plus seven against Pitt, you take Pitt plus seven, Miami wins by three or four. We win both bets too. So providing ourselves options is always a good thing. Miami over eight and a half minus 115 consensus free play from Wags and myself. Good start to the college football season, Wags. ACC preview. We're going to be knocking out the other four main conferences over the coming weeks, folks. And then the, as I mentioned, NFL preview pods as well. 10, 15-minute pods just on each team. High-level stuff. Season win totals, odds, free agent moves, et cetera. Just our general thoughts. So be on the lookout for that. Any questions, you can always hit us up on Instagram, on Twitter, at the Real ACL at Cap and Wags. And if you get a five to 10 seconds of free time, those five-star reviews for this pod, always super helpful for us for us and we definitely do appreciate it anything else wags before we close up shop on the acc preview pod no i think it was great um obviously look looking uh, at that miami team total over as the free play that's great um just something to mention the coastal make sure uh well not really even the, the coastal in general just make sure you shop lines whether it's the heisman a division winner a conference winner the national title game make sure you get your best odds out there um, right now, I know we mentioned Miami being plus 110 to win the Coastal on DraftKings right now. Depending on where you are, you can get Miami at plus 150. Pitt is now plus 260. Um, and then beyond that, as ACL, it's probably a two-team race there. UNC 4-1, to one, Virginia 7-1, to one, VTech 10-1, to one, Georgia Tech 35-1, to one, and Duke 200-1. to one. So, again, make sure you shop. 
Um, if you like Miami plus 150, it's there. If you like Pitt, um, you know, maybe you go to another book and maybe it's closer to plus 300 or something like that, um, 280, somewhere in that range. Um, but make sure you shop lines. Very important. I think we're going to do what? The Big 12, Big 10? I think, I think we got Big the Big 10's 10 next, next up. Yeah. yeah, we'll probably go Big 10. There's a team in there I like. I think they're called Ohio State. Or It'd be pretty I good say, this year from what I hear. The Ohio State. <laughs> got to make sure we don't mess that up now that they uh, have what, trademarked that. <laughs> What a- absolutely all right next preview pod will be out this week that is the acc hope you guys enjoyed it again those five-star reviews certainly do help us on on uh, apple itunes so we definitely appreciate it for wags i'm acl that is the acc we'll talk to you guys next time with the big 10